My next guest has the tenacity of an army. She is the editor of Reserved Magazine. She's an activist for the ERA, Equal Means Equal, and she is a powerhouse. Please welcome to the show, Jules Wood. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us, Jules. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so honored, thank you. Um, so we always start the show with the question, what do you believe? What do I believe? I believe in equality for all. That's what I believe. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And equality for all, for sure. And you're such an activist. And I want to hear all about your, you as an activist and Reserved Magazine and how you combine them. Um, so, you know, I work for, I'm part of an organization called Equal Means Equal, and our leader of the organization is called Kamala Lopez. She's the president of Equal Means Equal. And there's Natalie White, uh, Lizzie Jagger, that's Mick Jagger's daughter, and there's a few of us as well. Wendy Murphy, she's the lawyer, she's our lawyer. And, um, you know, basically I, I, I came on board about three years ago with this organization, and it's really had a big impact on on reserve the magazine itself because you know we've been promoting equal means equal and era um, to ratify for the last four years and we've we used the reserve magazine as a platform for this but <clears throat> but in a way where it's not you know shoved in your face like you know get this done and you know some organizations are quite aggressive with it but we've done it we've what i've done is used the magazine as a platform to to i don't know to educate people more yeah you know especially the website you know and the, the events we've been doing and you know we've a i mean it's really important for us to have this in our um constitution we really need the era passed for all sexes it's not just for women it's for all sexes and that's what's really important on this matter yes. and you know we've, we've got the 38 states and now they're trying to block us so we're having a problem now with the court system and other organizations actually who are saying really bad things about um, equal means equal. So we're in a bit of a battle at the moment. So it's really scary. So what do you do when you're in this battle? What, what's the next step? How do you combat it? We have to do, we have to get organizations to do um, statements, statement of intent. So um, like organizations like Church of England of all things, can you believe it? We wow. need, this is what we need. We need that kind of backing. Um, I think maybe the UN will be a great backing as well in this situation, you know, because, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's a global thing. It's not just for America, it's for, you know, many countries what don't have equal rights amendment in place for, for women, for all, like for all sexes. So, I mean, it's, it'll bridge the gap with paid like wages with women because there's an absolute huge gap, especially for minorities. And that's why I say equality is really important, especially during this time. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, I've gone through this myself as my, with my upbringing because, you know, I was brought up as a gypsy, a Roma um, a traveler. So my background comes from, you know, from that background, my grandparents, my great, great grandparents, you know, generations and generations. And, you know, we were, we had a lot of racism in, in the UK as, and I, you know, I was brought up as a, as a child. So, you know, it's just, it's something what's disgusting. And I think that something has to change and, you know, 
if we can get this amendment in place, it might help a little bit or it might help a lot. I don't know. But it's definitely, you know, it's something we have to think about during this time. Absolutely. Um, in terms of your upbringing, was there a, a breaking point for you that you realized that you had to be an activist? At what point in your youth did you, did you say this is, there's something really wrong here? Um, you know, around the age 17, because, you know, I left school at 10 years old and I went to many different schools before that um, because I traveled around England. And, you know, I remember as a child, but we didn't have electricity. I didn't have any water. Um, we'd have to ask farms for water to wash um, and bathe in. We didn't have bathrooms like, you know, everyone else. Um, and there was a point when I was like, you know what? I need to have an education. So at 16, I was working in a biscuit factory um, and a friend's father was a teacher and he said to us, he said, girls, you really need to get an education. You've got to get out of here. You can't work in a factory the rest of your lives. And I was like, you know what, he's right. It's like, I want more. And, and, and with education, it comes, it, it comes power because with the education, you educate people about your background and you get people to understand where you're from. And, you know, you, I mean, it's, it's very not, I mean, it's not really mentioned here in America. It's not really a, a thing here. And it's not, you know, because there's bigger things going on in America. What's bigger than, you know, my background, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, and um, but I just think it's really important to educate people about where you're from. And, you know, each, everyone has got experiences and everyone's had experiences um, with some kind of racism, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't matter, it comes in all forms and sizes. Um, and basically it's like, if you've, if you've been brought up with that all your life as a child and, you, and then you come to another country and then you see it on a different level, it really does shock. It's a, like, it's a shocking thing, you know? Cause you know, I've lived all over the world. I've lived in Asia, Japan, Yes, and yes. I've seen a form of racism in Japan as well. In the 90s, I was like, I was living there in the 90s in my 20s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because there wasn't, mess, um, there wasn't many Westerners in Japan then. So right. we were very unique. But yeah. there was a lot of prejudice against sure, us being sure. there as well. So, and that was, that had nothing to do with, you know, with the color of your skin or anything. It was just, that was a fact because you weren't Japanese. Right. Um, and the same with England, because if I was classified as a gypsy, so we had a lot of problems with the police all the time as a kid, asking to be moved along because we lived in caravans and we all were in a pack, like a group. So everyone would stay in a group, like families. So there were cousins and aunties and things like that, you know, because a lot of them did field work. So my family, they were field workers. They worked in fields, they picked fruit. It was all seasonal. And then my father then was a you know trainee. He trained himself to be a mechanic. So then he started doing mechanic. I mean, it was like working class family basically, but it was even lower than a working class because of our background. And you know, we lived in a caravan, mm -hmm. so people saw us as a threat. And um, you know, I, re I remember what eleven years old, um, pulling up at a restaurant, example, and it says no dogs allowed, no gypsies. So we weren't allowed to go into that, that restaurant. And something just happened recently with Tyson Fury, you know, the boxer. Mm -hmm. He's like the king of the gypsies. That's his nickname. 
he just recently tried to go to a restaurant in England, in the UK, this is just recent, and he was refused because he was a gypsy. Unbelievable. And it was on Good Morning Britain, but he didn't want to speak about it because he didn't, he, he didn't feel comfortable because he didn't want to, he didn't want to put um, the people who work in the restaurant, um, you know, he didn't want them to get fired. So he was being very considerate because it, it wasn't them, it's was from the management or from the owners. So he didn't have, he didn't want to speak about it on TV. You know, and they were trying to make him talk about it, but but it's still everything. It's still going on now, and and now you know, and then this now here in the, in America, it's just absolutely disgusting. It is disgusting. What did you learn about about your human experience? Because when you say education, it's really educating people on on your story, right? It's it's everyone's story, and yours is so powerful. What did you learn about yourself? Acceptance. To accept who I was and to accept where I came from. And that was really hard, especially at college, because I still got discriminated at college. And they tried to make me stay on an extra year because, you know, because I, was, I missed so much education, but my reading and writing and skills weren't up to, up to the same level as the other students. And I refused to do it. I said, no, I'm going to graduate the same as those other students who was in my class. And I'm going to apply to, to university. I'm not going to be pulled back because of something, what you feel that I'm, you know, I don't have the skills or you feel that I'm not competent to go to university. So I just refused and I applied to universities and I got into Westminster University. So I left at the same time, but you know, I, you know, I don't take no, and I think that's what people have to start thinking about. When someone's negative to you or someone tries to pull you down, and you know, I always say yes to everything as well, because I think it's really important. You have to, you, you, can, you, you can build up, build yourself up, and you can do things what you would never think that you could do, but it's just having that confidence. And it's like, it took me a long time to get that confidence, I'm gonna be honest with you, because I, I mean, I was, I just, I was in tears all the time. It was like, it was like, everyone was always trying to pull me down. And, um, and because of my background or because who I was or because I lived in a caravan and, and it was like, it's wrong because it's like, you know, you can't do that to individuals because everyone, everyone is intellectual in their own way. Yes. And I think that, you know, you can't, you can't treat people like that. And I think, you know, I think things are going to change really quite soon. Absolutely. I, I believe they are as well. And what, what is your story is you, you're such an inspiration. And, and what you said just hit me right in the heart when you said, you know, acceptance and, and, and building your confidence. And that's something that, you know, I struggled with as well when I was, when I was younger, um, you know, you, you, because you're different, mm -hmm. you know, and you feel odd um, or odd man out, odd woman out, or not like everyone else, um, is that's actually a strength. Yeah. That's actually, that that's actually something that should be celebrated. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> because being like everyone else, firstly, no one is like anyone else because no. we're all individuals, right? So like, that's, that's the thing. But um, growing up and feeling um, like you're different is something that needs to be celebrated and and how do we do that how do we how do we instill that in 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 younger 
in the younger generation? Again, education, the way they've been, and the way they've been brought up. It's like it, their parents, you know, and, and being a little bit more worldly as well. I think it's important. I think if, if, uh, if, you know, if a child has got an opportunity to go away for a term to a different country, give your child the opportunity. Let them see how other people live in different countries, you know? I think that's really important. I think that worldly education is a, is a good one as well as the education and a formal education. Because like now, formal education is more important than ever with this next generation. You know, with my generation, it was getting there and my family's generation, of course, it was, there was no, it was worldly only. There wasn't any education for them. They couldn't, my parents couldn't read and write. They didn't know how to read and write. My grandmother didn't know how to read and write. They never went to school. They didn't know the, you know, the concept of school. It was like a swear word. Like I, when I said I wanted to go to college, my grandmother, because I, I, I lived with my granny for a few years, because um, my parents actually moved into a house when I was um, about 11 years old. And I didn't want to move into the house because I didn't want change. Mm. I was so terrified of change. Mm. So I stayed with her. But that means that meant staying with her meant no education. So that's when I worked in factories. You, you, from a very young age, I worked. I started working at the age of thirteen. So I mean, and that's not. I, you know, you look at me and you go, "What?" Like, that's something we'd hear about in the fifties or something, or well, the forties. You know, you wouldn't think about that in like the eighties. Right. So, um, so I made that choice, and um, and it was just, you know. I don't know, it's just, it was a weird thing to have to choose as a child to have that choice, you know? Sure. Because I feel like I wish my parents would have said, you know, no, you can't stay with your grand in the caravan because then I, I would have been able to have gone to um, school. But my granny was so against school and education, she thought that, she said, if I go to secondary school, she, she was worried that I'd get attacked or raped. That was her words. That's how afraid gypsies were. Right. Of school or going and socializing outside your circle wow yeah so i you know and you know that was like and then so basically i had to move out from my grandmother when i wanted to go to college because she was like no yeah. i don't want to going to college right right yeah. there's that there was that push pull of wanting to be out in the world and yet being afraid to because of of how you grew up yeah you feel that your upbringing helped you because you're so good with people and you're so good with connection mm -hmm. um how do you feel that you know sort of inspired you as a as a child you know what i, I was used to going to strangers doors as a kid because my grandmother was a fortune teller she sold uh, charms for a living that her and my great auntie so they used to drag me with them and knock on doors. So I, I, I had that connection. I was always meeting strangers <laughs> with them, you know, and did, you know, they did bring us into the house and make us a cup of tea. And it's like, and I was always interacting with people from a very young age. Um, I mean, you know, in a safe environment, cause I'm with my grandmother and it's like with my aunties, great aunties. And so I think that helped me, you know, not be too shy. <laughs> yeah, you're not shy. You could talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, and I think that helped me with the connections and with, you know, with um, basically traveling the world and, and not being frightened by anyone, you know? Like just, you know, I'm, 
like I said, I can talk to anyone and you're right. I can talk to anyone. I, I can, and I have a knack for doing the connection thing because I think, I, you know, people feel at ease speaking to me and I, I, I feel like I make people feel at ease. Um, and sp especially with celebrities and, it's just something, I don't know, I think I, it's just I, the way I've been brought up and the way I've interacted with people all my life as a kid yeah. uh, comes from that, you know? Amazing. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a superpower. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, my, my, my granny was a fortune teller. <laughs> but there were some powers there. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. You feel like you, you have a, a little bit of a... Yeah, I, I feel it sometimes. Yeah. I, I feel like I have, you know, a little little bit of it um i'm a good judge of character right um i can feel someone out you know but maybe that's because of my background as well <clears throat> because you know it's a trust thing maybe as well but um but you know like i said it's you have to take people at face value at first and and then you know because you can never judge anyone by face value so it's like you take them by face value and then <clears throat> you get to know people you know it's like you can't be you can't be, you know, put your arms up and say, no, 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 no. Like I said, that's why I always say yes to a lot of things because I think you've got to be open to everyone and everything around you. And I think that's what helps having the magazine um, as a platform because I think that helps a lot of other people as well and have a voice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you put it out there and you but do it so beautifully and succinctly. Yeah, but it took me a long time to actually be able to talk about my background. Cause I, you know, I just, I didn't, it wasn't, but I wasn't, I'm not ashamed of it or anything, but it was just, it was a strange thing for people to bring up. Cause I, I've got a friend who actually brings it up all the time. Every time he introduces me, he says, oh, and she's from a gypsy background, you know, in social situations where I've never met these people before. And it's sometimes it's like, why, why am I being introduced in that way? Sometimes I think in my mind, but it's like, okay, now I've got to explain and break it down what actually your gypsy is because people have different views of gypsies or they have bad, you know, bad feelings towards them or they think that the new age travelers or they think they're squatters. It's like, that, you know, I have to break it down. And sometimes it's tiring. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's also like this, this, this kind of badge this person is putting is a label. It's like an instant label on you. And that's, that's sort of, that's very off-putting. It can be. Yeah, it is. So instead of it coming up naturally in a conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's, yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh. But it's not all the time. It's just, uh, just people, some people, you know, they do that to me. And I'm like, oh God, now I've got to explain. Because it's something, what I'm, you know, in America, like I said, it's not really heard of. I mean, you know, we, as gypsies, we were, went through the Holocaust as well. You know, the not like Nazis, yeah. they, they sure. burnt, gas gypsies as well and no one really speaks about that history you know but there is actually a museum in berlin the gypsies right the gypsy community what was you know what a lot of people lost their families as well so you know but it's like it's just one of those things it's just like i said it's like an edge you have to educate people about things like this you know i did do an exhibition in new york of my family because you know i specialized in photography at university Right. But from the age of 17 to the age of 35, I documented my family. Amazing. So I, and then I did a huge exhibition at the Witsenhausen Gallery. Um, and it's an Amsterdam gallery. And then they had, um, you know, a gallery as well in New York. So, you know, I did an old exhibition about it and of my family. And it, was, it was great. And it, I've been in, you know, numerous magazines, 
and talked about it and some of my experiences as a child they're not they're not great to be honest but some of them but it's good to get it out and to discuss about it because i think that again makes you stronger yeah well it feels very healing for you yes you're such you're an artist and what you it sounds like what you did was you healed yourself through your art yeah, from proving my right, and to, doing, to, to doing this exhibition, it sounds yeah, like and talking well, about it, right? Yeah, to, and you know, a lot of like my my parents are dead now, and my grandma was passed yeah. away, and and it was a, it was it was good to have those memories, especially as uh, when I was young, and you know, a lot of it's thirty five mil, so it's negatives, um, and it's black and white, you know, and a lot of the work what I what I have still is what I I developed, I printed myself, you know, at university. So it's, it's a lot of special memories. And, you know, I think one day, I think one day I'll make a book of it, you know? I was just about to say, does it live anywhere online? But a no, no, yeah. it doesn't, no. But I have all the work, I have all the pictures, and I think it'll be a really beautiful book one day to, to as a, a remembrance to my family, you know? And because they've made me who I am, my, my mother and father. It's like, you know, I owe them a lot. You know, at the end of the day, they brought me into this world as well, and um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think I wouldn't change anything. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm proud and I'm glad from where I'm from. Yes, and I'm glad that I've had that experience of life. Absolutely, absolutely, it is who you are, and that's beautiful. And you have a story to tell, and that's your strength, and that's one of your superpowers. You have many. <laughs> Oh, thank you. So what do you think in terms of what's next? I mean, you know, here we are at this, this time in, in unprecedented time in history. Um, what are you feeling in terms of what's next for us? I mean, we've been, we're going through so much with the pandemic, pandemic and, and civil unrest and civil rights. Mm -hmm. What do you feel? You know what? I feel like it's going to be a big shift. I feel like in the next couple of years, a lot of things are going to change in America. I'm hoping that some of the constitution will change as well, because I feel that I think certain things need to be rewritten mm -hmm. in, the, in history, because I feel like, and I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people have got the same feeling. I think that, you know, some things are really old and that's the problem, but I, that's why I think there's going to be a big change. I think there's a new generation what's what's stepping up. I mean, Mar uh, Mariah Parker, she's a politician. She's 28 years old. Amazing. In Athens, um, Georgia. Yeah. So there's all these young people coming coming out now. And I think that, I think the government and um, I just feel like there's going to be a big shift for yeah. sure. I, I think it's time. It, it, it certainly is time. Yeah, people have had enough. And I think that's, and you know, I, because of the pandemic, I think social, I think magazines and the way we do things now is gonna change as well. I think already creatively, everything is changing. What do you think about the fashion business in terms of this, create, uh, this shift? Well, you know what? I think a lot of things are gonna be done online. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're gonna have that kind of um, contact anymore mm -hmm. for a long time. Um, especially with fashion shows, um, they're all going virtual. There's one coming um, on tomorrow on her Instagram. She's actually doing it on her Instagram. It's uh, Sophia Noobs. 
Uh, she's an Italian designer, amazing woman. I had a chat with her on reserves and she's, she's still, she's, she's still, well, she's, she was, um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer um, a year ago and she actually, she's been going through chemo and, and um, anyway, amazing woman. I said she was superwoman actually, because she actually completed her collection during this time by going through hardcore chemo. Wow. Yeah, and um, she's actually launching it uh, virtually on Instagram tomorrow. So, so people like, you know, everyone is doing things in their own way now. And I think that's the most, um, I think that's because of the pandemic as well, because of the Corona virus. Everyone's had to realize, like everyone's had to think about how to do things differently than what you used to be able to do. And everyone's been a bit more creative. It's like, you know, I would have never been in front of a camera before or doing live chats on Instagram because I'm always behind the camera. I'm never in front. So I was like, it took me a long time. I don't know, I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, but it is, it's, it's a bizarre thing, um, especially when you're not used to it. So that came out of that for yeah. me. It's like, oh my God, I'm actually, I've turned into this like, you know, uh, I don't know, like- uh, You're like the face of, of reserve, you know, oh, yeah. you are, now you really are. <laughs> really yeah. So, you know, yeah, basically, and it, it was quite scary at the beginning. And I was, you know, and because of my, I don't know, when I went to university, I found out I was severely dyslexic. So that was a problem with the reading and writing because my sister had the same schooling as me and her spelling, her writing, her reading is perfect, like more than perfect. She could actually be a lawyer. She'd have gone straight through. She's, a, she's got uh, three kids and um, she's aptly married. And, you know, she's... Is she in England? Yeah, she's in England. Um, but she's super, super smart, you know, and then it was like me who goes to university and finds that I'm severely dyslexic. And I'm like, oh my God, what else? So, um, I have problems pronouncing names. Um, I have, I have problems reading. I'm going to be honest with you. I really do. Um, if I'm not familiar with a word or a sound, I have an absolute nightmare of it. And I, and I've lost lots of opportunities because of this in my life. You know, growing up, um, like photojournalist, I tried to change to a photojournalist course, but it was like, no. So for me to do those live chats is sometimes I have like a bit of a nervous breakdown before because it's like, I cannot pronounce that person's name. So I'm like, I'll call them. So I figure ways out around it. You know, sometimes I don't pronounce it right, but basically I'll call them and say, okay, how do you pronounce your name? You know, and then I'm like, oh, I'll watch, I'll watch a YouTube of that person. Right, right. In another, in another interview. So it's, I, I figure ways around it. You know, I'm always like, and that's how it's been all my life, how to figure out a problem, mm. you know, especially with the reading and writing. It's always been there and it's always been a problem. Interesting. But you just said, you know, how to, you know, you're a problem solver and that's, that's why you do what you do. I mean, having a magazine, I'm sure is just riddled with problems and, and, st and stuff that happens last minute that you have to figure out, you know, it's always on shoots. And I mean, there's, a, there's, it's, it's always like a high tension situation, right? So, you know, you, you chose a line of work that you excel in, but also can be very pressurized. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, I mean, basically during this quarantine, I decided to, I was going to do, I, well, I decided to do 19 covers because Corona 19, but suddenly the covers grow, grow, <laughs> grew into 22 covers now. 
Wow. So you know, I put that pressure on myself now and it's like, oh my God, you know, and it's, it's coming in, everything's coming in, but it's just like, oh my God, 22 covers, this is a monster. I mean, it's really quite unique in its own way because the people, like, it's so diverse like who, everyone's on the, who's on the covers, it's just completely diverse and it's, gonna, it's absolutely gonna be stunning and beautiful. And there's a story behind every cover. And that's, you know, and during, that, during this quarantine time, that's what's made this come to light, these 22 covers, because I would have never even thought about this then. And it's going out digital first. So what makes it even more possible, you know? So I'm really- 22, 22 is, a, is a spiritual number. So that's a good number. Really? Yeah. Really? Synchronicity. Oh. Good. Oh. Okay, good. Cause I was like, where did 22 come from? Suppose oh, it was yeah. 19 and 22. No, it's good. It's good. I, if Francesca and I talk about it all the time. No, it's very syn synchronistic. Yeah. Good. All right. Oh, that makes me happy. <laughs> sure. Um, and I'm, I'm curious creatively also, you know, sort of how do you see the business or creative businesses evolving at this time also? Is there anything that you see differently? Yeah, I mean, virtual shoots, it's been really yeah. crazy. Like Ellen Bonnenworth did a virtual shoot with Katerina Barr, the actress yeah. in Glasgow. She shot it in Paris through, um, I think it was Facebook. Um, live and then she sent me the pictures I mean wow like unbelievable so that's changed that that's actually changed the way of shooting for sure so that's something I've actually seen really um, noticeable at this present stage of what's going on um, and she's not the only photographer Al Burst did the same with Josephine uh, Bum she's a singer um, French singer amazing she was on one of our live chats but um so he did a virtual shoot as well. And then I'm seeing more, I'm seeing more like more animation, you oh, know, gosh. shoots like moving covers yeah. on Instagram. And I think that's really clever as well. Um, and because of, again, that everyone's thinking like, how can we make this work? And how can we be creative during this time? Because we can't be on set. We can't see people. We, you know, it's like me sending clothes to um, England, getting clothes gifted to her. So that she doesn't have to worry about sending them back because they're in lockdown, you know? It's like, you can't just, like in England, in Glasgow, it's pretty serious. In Wales, they're not letting anyone in Wales, outside of Wales. Right. Like, you're not allowed. They're right. Closed. And this is like, this is in England. This is Great Britain, but the wow. border is closed. They're just turning them all back because they don't want them wow. the beach, on the beaches, you know, and that. So. Right. So it's really strict. And um, I just love the way that everyone has been pulling together and coming up with more creative ideas to deal with this now. And, um, and I think this is a wonderful way as well of, you know, it's, it's, a new, it's a new thing. And I think it's probably gonna continue for sure. I think so too. I don't think we're nearly, not even close to being out of the woods. No, I mean, I mean, we're. I mean, I saw something in the New York Times um, yesterday saying that um, the EU is not going to let America. Yeah, and that's like yeah, shocking. exactly. It's because shocking they, because they haven't been following the, the guidelines. Exactly, I like, know. And today, I mean, no, was it yesterday in Los Angeles? It spiked up to seven thousand more cases. Really? Yeah. 
Corona. That's really, well, we are deemed a country that hasn't dealt with this virus properly. No. And, you know, until we figure out a better way, we're not going to be allowed to travel, which is pretty surprising that other countries do not want American dollars um, because they certainly need it. Yeah, I know. But no. yeah, we are we are dangerous to other countries. I mean, it's crazy. The whole thing is crazy. I mean, it's like we're, it's like we're be, it's like you know, America's acting like a third world country at the moment. Yeah. You know, in a in a way, if you think about it. So it's it is a it's a it's a it is a frightening time, and I think you know I travel a lot for work, so for me it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, because it's like I can't travel, and I can't so I can't even come to New York because then I have to be quarantined, and then it's like. You know, then I have to get a hotel, and it's like I can't stay in where I usually stay. It's like, it, 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 so it's like everything's really difficult, and nothing's open. You know, my agency is not open, so right, right. You know, that's why it's, this is a time to get reserved and and start getting this ERA situation sorted out and getting it passed. Absolutely, and work on all of these things, and you know, to help with what's going on now as well. Absolutely. Well, you're doing it. You're making it happen, and we're grateful for it. Thank you, Jules. No, you're, you're a powerhouse. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Thanks for being on.